0: The festival also features diverse vendors, as well as a specialty record, poster, and craft fairs, and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit PitchforkMusicFestival.com. This is the
1: Pitchfork Review, and I'm Pooja Patel. I wanted to let you know that starting next week, we're taking a much needed break. We've loved having you along for the ride as we've talked about the music we love and the albums we could have skipped. And I hope that you stick with us for another season. So stay tuned
2: and see you again soon. Okay, here's this week's show.
0: This is the Pitchfork Review. I am Jeremy Larson, the Review's director at Pitchfork. Today, we are talking about the promised blockbuster of a rap album from Travis Scott. Utopia is his first album since Astroworld in 2018. And a lot has happened uh, since then, to say the least. So to fill in all the gaps, I am joined by my co-conspirators here, Alphonse Pierre and Ryan Domble. Hello, how are you guys doing?
1: What's going on, Jeremy? Good to be here. So coming into
0: this album, Alphonse, like, where where were you with Travis Scott sort of before this uh, Utopia came out?
3: I mean, it had been a long time, especially in like rap time since Astroworld. That album was five years ago and it was a massive album. And so given that hiatus, it was definitely an interest of where he was going to go next especially given like everything he's been through in the last five years and so it was just, just like what would a travis scott album at this point in his life sound like
0: right you know let's go back to SICKO mode because i think that was a huge moment for travis scott that really brought him to like a different level like how did SICKO mode happen like what was the magic that went into SICKO mode you guys think
1: well, I mean, like a lot of things regarding Travis Scott's rise, it was directly because of someone else, <laughs> like someone who's not Travis Scott. You know, Drake clearly owns that song. That's the part that people remember most, right, Al? Like, I
3: don't know. Am I wrong? I feel, I feel like one of the good parts for Travis on that song is, like, by, like, the third part, I think he's not, like— as memorable as Drake, but he definitely like holds his own.
1: Mm-hmm. He almost holds his own <laughs> on his biggest song.
2: Back in high school, I used to bust it to the dance. Now I hit the EPO with duffels in my hands. Woo-hoo. I did half a Xan, 13 hours till I land. Had me out like a, light, like, like a light, 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 light like, like a like light, like, like, like a light. Like 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 yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, past the dogs and yeah. sending texts, sending kites. Yeah, he say keep that on like I say you know this shit is tight.
1: But yeah, I think that song, I think to me, as someone who'd followed Travis Scott since the days when, you know, he was working with Kanye, like on Yeezus, you know, it, it is this kind of Prague rap epic. You know, it goes places you don't expect to go. It did take a lot of the unpredictability of Yeezus and kind of double down on it, or at least was inspired by that in a cool way. So yeah, it's like this is this something that a uh, pretty involved and Complicated pop song by someone who you might not have thought of was capable of doing such a thing. And Drake, yeah, and Drake. <laughs> Drake is a big part of it. The way. Travis used like samples on that song I thought was
0: like really interesting right like he used there was a <laughs> a secret like Gray Strimmerd sample like uh like that like had never been released yeah. that he just sort of took from uh, a vault somewhere put it into the song and then he also like threw in like 2 Live Crew and Biggie and I think like there was all these sort of really like aggressively obvious and popular samples that like hooked people in mm-hmm. in a, like a really painterly way I would say mm-hmm. uh that like you said like like recalled a lot of the progressive rock uh style of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and we'll get into prog rock later cuz <laughs> you know we're going to talk about that but like <laughs> when talking about Sik Mode like you were kind of hoping that like v- this album Utopia would have at least one or two moments like that right i guess in the first week that we spent with this album have you guys found anything that sounds like that on the album that might pop
1: in the same way that sicko mode did not really they definitely tried they definitely tried (laughs) to do sicko mode there's like probably five or six like sicko mode twos on this album um including one with drake that follows the template of sicko mode like like copy and paste almost like the structure of it but um but none of them i don't yeah none of them seem to to hit quite the same way
3: Yeah, he definitely doubled down on having these songs that go through these transitions and, like, evolve as they go, and sometimes just, like, randomly turn into something else. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel as natural, and sometimes it just feels like, oh, this is what worked that last time, so now I'm doing it again.
0: Yeah, big example of that, I think, is Schizo, the Young Thug Mm -hmm. feature. The six-minute
2: song. (laughs) Cocoa shenanigans for real on the toes. I got white folk money in my nail with no gold. I got rose gold teeth and rose gold rims on my rose. Peter they licking, we enriched in a bookie. Hey, baby, I'm moving night when they really can't see me. I ran it back last time, but it ain't last time. I got so much around the house, I had
0: to hide. That is the the most obvious, like, sicko mode, too, um that stands out for me. I don't know, there's something kind of empty about it. Like, there's something, like, you know how a sequel is supposed to be, like, bigger and better and, like, more mm-hmm. explosions? Like, yeah. this one sort of feels, like, less or the same to me. Yeah. And that's kind of why, like, that doesn't work for me.
3: I don't know, do, do you feel like this is a sequel to Astro World? I didn't go into it expecting that, but it kind of is. And just, like, given what we were talking about, it feels almost off being a sequel because it feels like almost not warranted Mm -hmm.
0: Al Al, you wrote about this album on Pitchfork you wrote a review about it you, you mentioned something that's that like Travis Scott is about vibes but what happens when the vibes are off and I think that's sort of, uh, you know, it's it's uh it's hard to like lay out a critical framework for vibes being on and vibes being off. But I think one of the things that is very um, that is pertinent to talk about when we're talking about Travis Scott is the tragedy that happened at, at the Astro World Festival in 2021, um, because that is certainly something that doesn't feel like it's been resolved yet, and, and it still feels like it's lingering in the air. Like, Tombo, what like can you just sort of give kind of just like the just
1: the facts of, like, what happened there. So, yeah, you can't really listen to Utopia without thinking about this tragedy. Um, You know, Travis hasn't really spoken a lot about it. And just to detail what happened, during Travis's set at Astroworld in Houston on November 5th, 2021, the packed crowd surged toward the stage, and this resulted in 10 deaths and hundreds of injuries. In the aftermath, there were questions about who was responsible, whether it was the organizers, security, or the venue, and lots of people also blamed Travis himself for mishandling the moment um, and not stopping the show at the right time. Uh, Fast forward to almost two years later, and the Houston police released a more than 1,200-page report on the same day that this album came out, and, you know, the police claim that it was a coincidence, but it does seem like a pointed rebuke uh, to this album coming out, and it is pretty damning. Like, there's a lot of damning details in this. It's still fuzzy, you know, like, when did Travis know, like, that people were dying at his concert? And in the report, there are some details that, you know, stuck out to me just reading about it. One of them is that apparently, according to... A monitor system engineer, he overheard Travis Scott's auto tune operator give Travis a message like during his performance. And according to this monitor system engineer, this guy told him, We need to hurry up and get to the Drake part of the show. Three people have died. So he says that Travis Scott heard that while he was performing and kept performing. For Travis's part, he said he didn't know about the deaths until after the show, and also investigators weren't able to understand a recording of some of the messages that were relayed to Scott because the audio was poor. As well, this is another thing that stuck out to me from this report, is there's a crane operator who is operating the camera who apparently told people in the production trailer that... People were dying, and they didn't do anything for a while after they learned that. Recently, on June 28th, a grand jury declined to indict Travis Scott and five other individuals for their roles in the tragedy. So he's kind of cleared on the criminal level. On a lawsuit level... Travis Scott and, and Live Nation and others have been sued dozens of times by the families of those who died um, and people who were injured. And we know that they've settled a few of those at least, probably a lot that we don't know about. So this is extremely serious. You know, it's it's just weird because Travis Scott, I don't know, for me, it's he's kind uh, kind of a joke like or as as an artist <laughs> in a lot of ways or just like a copycat like I don't really take him that seriously as an artist but you know this this is obviously an extremely serious tragedy and it's just this weird cognitive dissonance like listening to his music now you can't help but think of this and it, it gives us this, this kind of sadness but at the same time you listen to the album and perhaps because there are lawsuits happening. He doesn't talk about, the, you know, he doesn't talk about this, like, overtly on the album. Yeah. So it just seems like there's a missing, there's a, something missing at the center, like, of this record.
3: I think there's, like, one mention of it on, like, my eyes. Mm-hmm. But besides that, that, that's what I was talking about. The vibes are off, because how do you make a, almost like a sequel, a spiritual sequel to Astro Worlds when you have all of this happening and on and it's clearly on his mind even if he's telling you it's not because he's in all these lawsuits and facing all this backlash and there was like people like questioning like who he is and like will he like still be able to be a popular rapper after this and there were all these like questions that he was facing and his response to it is almost just like oh man we got to turn up still like that, that's who I am. I'm Travis Scott, you know?
1: Yeah, and even on the title level, you know, like, his biggest success was the album Astroworld. But now that word, that idea will always be associated with this tragedy, you know, that, that 10 people died. So, you know, even on that very basic level, like, he's lost that. And, yeah, like, what you're saying, too, you know, a big thing of why Travis Scott became so popular was this idea of, of his shows you know raging just like they were like had this punk rock energy which i was also going to say is another thing that he kind of ripped off like from out of future but anyway <laughs> he's just been stripped of like all these things that have defined him as an artist and then like what do you do and utopia is what he did and to me it's like him grappling for a lot of the same things that you know that made astral world great yeah. but it hits different.
0: I made you go to see Circus Maximus, yeah. which was the sort of movie that accompanied Utopia. So, I then that that to me, like when you have Astro World and then you name your next thing like Circus Maximus, that makes it seem like oh, like we're at another amusement park. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, yeah. here, here's a bunch of guests, here's a world that you can enter into. What did you get from that movie? that people might not otherwise be aware of that can h- help explain what's happening on Utopia?
3: Mostly, like, most of his music, nothing. Uh, but, <laughs> I, I mean, there wasn't, like, a whole lot. Like, the second half is more of, like, a concert performance. Um, and, and the first half is him having these, like, therapy-like sessions with Rick Rubin, where he's not talking explicitly about the, the astral worlds. Incident, but he's more like, you know, everything in Utopia is not always great. There has to be struggles to get there too. Okay. Um. So it's mostly just him using Rick Rubin as like this like Yoda type person to be like, oh yeah, you're don't worry, you're all good, man. Just do do you, huh. and uh-huh. mixed in with like him like walking through like some fields and different outfits and fighting a creature. <laughs> wait,
1: wait, wait, what? What kind of creature? It was like this
3: giant squid octopus thing. Okay. That is, it's in like the opening opening minute. Huh. Or he just like walks into some sort of cave and the creature like wraps their tentacles around his neck and starts choking him. Wow. Uh, so this
0: is CGI? Yeah,
3: it's, yeah, it's CGI. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the creature just like wraps its like slimy tentacles around him and then he, he lets it, it just lets go and he just walks away.
0: Interesting. So the creature is supposed to represent, like, the haters or, like, the critics? (laughs) Uh,
3: What do you think? Maybe it's, like, this is, like, how life had me the past couple of years, but Mm -hmm. it finally let go and now I'm free and I could make Utopia and we could all, like, get lit again. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Wait, so you said that the second half is a concert film, kind of?
3: Yeah, it's, like, him in one location um, in, like, this, like, coliseum type place uh-huh. filled with like speakers and he's mostly just like dancing around like kind of performing his songs with like young lean is there hanging out like maybe sheck west is there mm-hmm. Tizo touchdown okay Uh you know all your favorite artists um and they're just like hanging out and like watching him perform and sometimes grabbing the
1: mic themselves so it's kind of like the donda um listening session but without an audience and at a coliseum
3: yeah yeah it was definitely like that Mm -hmm. i feel like even just like kanye's thing where he would like release an album so big and maybe so like universally loved that people would like forget everything that happened is kind of like the goal he's -hmm. like oh this will just be such a big grand undeniable experience that nobody will even care about the last two years that's what's so frustrating about this album
0: right is that because look i i want a blockbuster rap album that we can all sort of get behind it we can all talk about and that everybody can sort of know about that it can escape the internet message boards that it can escape the internet and just sort of like everybody can be aware of it. Like I really want one of that. And it's so frustrating because it seems like he's just trying to copy the schematics of like how Kanye does that. And and it's and it's also frustrating because as much as we'd love to stop talking about how Travis Scott emulates Kanye, he yeah. he does not let us, like, escape that because every single thing that he's doing on this album is so directly related to something that Kanye has done before.
3: Yeah. I even said that to you while I was, like, writing my review. I was like, I don't even f- really, like, want to have mm-hmm. to talk about Kanye that much, but you, you almost, like, have to because it's so, it's, like, just hanging over this album. Right. It's like you're, you're putting the gun
1: to our head. Mm-hmm. So we, we have, have <laughs> to do it, you know? To get into that a little bit, like, you know, you're talking about Circus Maximus, which is the associated film, it's also a song on Utopia.
2: A walking distraction. A walking distraction. I'm naturally black.
1: Sounds exactly like Black Skinhead by Kanye.
2: For my theme song, black. my letter black jeans song, black. my body means on, and I'm getting my stream on, and a king but watch you bring home. You see a black man with a white woman at the top floor, they're gonna come to King.
1: And I remember actually when I interviewed Travis Scott around Jesus. Um it was in person at this total shithole diner in Williamsburg and he was with Mike Dean. This is this is like before he was famous, like looking back at his is a bizarre scene. <laughs> I think we actually stopped going to this diner because it got like a C on the uh on, on the on the health grade. Wow. Um, a vaunted C <laughs> amazing. So Travis Scott was there and uh And, yeah, I remember him talking about Black Skinhead and, like, working on that song. And it's like, yeah, we wanted, like, a soccer, like, a soccer chant. You know, like, like, the stadium, like, chant. And it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, it worked really well for that song. But are you still trying to hit, like, go to that well 10 years later? Like, (laughs) it's, it's embarrassing. And, like, another one... That's like out to me is that song Modern Jam. If you they can say you grace. I got the
2: formula like I own the race. I got the keys with me like I own the place. If these niggas don't top, then I'm out of space. I'd rather spit it on you than on Uncle Sam. Get a shit my arm, but don't give a damn. Even in the winter it's a summer jam. I told the book I love, this is going down. It's like
1: Sounds exactly like another Jesus song, I'm a God.
2: I just talked to Jesus, he said, What up, Jesus I'm chilling, trying to stack these millions. I know he but I am a
1: It's distracting. You know, like, I don't know what the point of this is. These songs are really well known, especially if you're a Travis Scott fan. Like, chances are you, you know, listen to Yeezus many times. Is this homage? Like, what is the point of doing that? I think w- the one thing that you mentioned, Al is the
0: issue is that there's no realness to him. There's no rawness to him. Mm. And it's like, there's no honesty there. And he's just sort of like a cipher, right? Like he's kind of, I, I, he's like a himbo. And, (laughs) and, and I don't, and there's nothing, there's sort of like nothing there. So it's like, you can emulate and have all this stuff sound like it, but like, what is he saying on this record? Like, what is what is what is he trying to get across here? Is it like in in your experience with this record? Like, what would you say like the message of this is?
3: I mean, I don't think there is one. It's just like right. this is for my show. My live the live experience is for us to just like go up mm-hmm. mosh pit together. I mean, you think about something an album like Jesus, and it's it's not just the sound. It's like there's like a real rawness to Kanye. Well, there's like ideas being yeah. presented
0: on that mm-hmm. record, you know, and I think I think we were a little overtorked at the time of the, like how radical those ideas were, like I think yeah. you know. But <laughs> but at least there was something and there was like you could wrestle with th- what he wanted to say on that record, right? And like but here it's just like you can it's like wrestling with like wet pasta on here. Mm-hmm. You just like what is what is what is there here to to talk about, you know? And I think maybe that's 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 what prevents it from being like a blockbuster album. Cause like what is there to talk about? Like what is the what is the thing? You know, like on Schizo when he says, I'm loyal, I got yay over Biden, it's like, is that the thing that we're supposed <laughs> to like be
1: uh, incensed by? I don't yeah. think that's yeah. gonna work. And it, and even that line is such like a tossed up, like I it took me like three listens to even like clock that he said that uh, on the yeah. album. Like it's just it just comes and goes. Whereas I don't want to keep bringing up Kanye but like song like I Am A God you know exactly what he's saying like it's, it's so direct like you know it's just Travis he does rap a lot on this record it's not like he's not on it mm-hmm. but it's just it's so unmemorable to me all the memorable parts are the guests
0: Let's talk about some of the. What are some of the best guests here? What are
3: your favorite moments? I mean, I like the Playboy Cardi verse. I got flows
1: for days, niggas ain't on nothing. Me and my brother, like, ain't no me you know on.
2: We ain't spike on crazy until the sun. You uh. worried about that hoe that hot on shows. Peace out, cause the solid in the kitchen can't get us a cold. Uh. Uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> it yeah. At least, like, sounds cool which is something that Travis Scott rarely does with his voice on the album. I feel like a lot of the like vocal tricks or effects are kind of just like plain. I like his effect on um, my eyes. Also, the, the Drake verse is good. Mm-hmm. Drake um, verse is good.
1: Yeah, yeah, Drake's on a song called Meltdown, and he comes in hot. It's, <laughs> it's funny, it's memorable, he's taking shots at push a T and Pharrell. He's talking about how people are scared to go to Toronto, which I've never really heard that idea presented before. <laughs> uh, um
2: you act like you love this American shit, but really the truth is you're scared of the six. Yeah, you're scared of the six. Yeah, you're scared of the six. Your bodyguard put in some work on the flute. Now you wanna go and inherit this shit? Don't talk to the boy about comparison shit. A come to the boy on some arrogant shit. The weapons we got are some terrorist shit. Like TV
1: producers, we... you know, he's like it's like a tough Drake verse, and it is memorable in all the ways that pretty much everything Travis does is not on the album. But like, what one part of the Playboy Cardi appearance that I really? Maybe my favorite part is just the ad lib when he's starting the verse when he's like, I can't even do it, but he's like, wait, wait." It's such a great part. It's like it's such a great intro to know that, like, you know, it's like an ID, it's like a producer tag or something, but yeah. it's like... Now, he's not, like, saying his name. He's just literally making this weird, like, sound that, like, a a fish at the bottom of the sea might make. Yep. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I really enjoyed that. I like that. I like that the album
0: opens with a sample of the um, UK prog rock band Gentle Giant.
2: Mm -hmm. I wasn't
0: expecting that. Um yeah. I, I really like the production on this record. Like I think it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. It has that widescreen blockbuster feel to it, but it but again, like the, the people and the thoughts inside of it feel so small mm-hmm. that it and, and, and also like so quiet inside of it because there is so much going on constantly. I feel like that is very obvious on the Beyonce song, mm-hmm. uh, which is called
2: Del Resto echoes we shaking wake up the paranoia won't let it destroy you won't let it annoy you i'm trying to enjoy you in front of the force you.
0: That sounds like a like a renaissance B-side. Like the production on it very much has that sort yeah. of like house renaissance B-side thing. And so like again, like even after you get Renaissance and you have Beyonce doing her tour right now, and everybody's going to see that in America and are like being, having their minds blown by that. You get the song in the middle of the Travis Scott album that's like, oh yeah, like Beyonce did this much better on her record, right? But yeah. like you are constantly getting references to things that are done better elsewhere. <laughs> and and that that just becomes like so uh, exhausting across its like hour and 14 minutes.
1: Yeah, or another example of that is the future verse. On telekinesis, which I I really like his appearance on that song, and it starts off with this kind of you know this is almost like what would be on Future's gravestone or something like he said <laughs> this is the like Future sentiment he says used to want to be rich then it finally happened thought it'd make me happy and he's so sad like he's so sad when he's saying this and that is really. I feel like what Travis is kind of trying to say in a lot of this album, or, you know, like, just the cover is a stark kind of black and white, like, he's a fallen figure. You know, everything, his dreams came true, and then, you know, it didn't make him happy. Like, it turned to shit. Like, I think that's what he's trying to say, like, with this album, but he doesn't (laughs) across over an hour. And then Future basically just, like, puts it succinctly, you know, within two lines this, in the intro to this song, and it's like, okay, why why are we here? Like, here. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and a lot of it, like, not to bring up Kanye again, but <laughs> he he was always able to we've like, got, we've got a limit, we got one more Kanye <laughs> mention and then we get kicked out. <laughs> he was always able to grab these features that were kind of like unexpected and like put them in a position to where they're like, like oh, like oh shit, I can't believe designer sounds that good right now yeah. on mm-hmm. Pablo or something like that. And I feel like Travis doesn't really do that a lot of these are very obvious and even the ones that are like less so like there's rob 49 on topia twins who's like this new orleans rapper that's like that that's that's like pretty cool he has like this really like deep voice yeah, yeah and yeah. he's like he, he, he has like some some good like solo tracks couple songs like little baby and in that down south right now but it's just like the song stinks <laughs> like tra- travis kills it from the jump with the hook and Rob Forty Nine is there for like twenty seconds. It kind of gets like drowned out, even though he has like this really distinct voice, and it, it, it just feels like, like the the vision isn't all the way there
0: it's so funny because mm-hmm. like you say that when like when rob 49 shows up my ears like perk up like Im- immediately mm-hmm. because i'm like oh this sounds like a different texture it's like more staccato like it's less if there's no auto-tune it's just like a different timbre to what's going on there And then it's and then it's gone Twin
2: bitches up yeah, it's so hard to hide i'm a dog nigga i make a mistake and show it. where i shoot my shot at all these holes, i fuck my shoulder up travis what if they twins and they sign me but they won't fuck us yeah! both why i she wanna suck I told i'm trying to make a come toilet to throw it back and put
1: yeah. And I wanna say, like Justin Vernon is my guy. You know, <laughs> All like of. All yeah, love. like huge fan, a huge fan of what you do. <laughs> but um I think he should maybe stop like showing up on albums like this. Like, <laughs> you know, like and he sounds fine, but but again, you just can't help but think of other records that he also showed up on. Um, and so what Jeremy is saying, like. It's just we've heard it. We've heard you show up randomly on a rap album before. Same with James Blake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, like... yeah. Exactly. Almost all of the guests here, you know, Travis has worked with before, or just everyone else has worked with many times before. Need some, need some, need some freshness there. Yeah, Ryan, how do you feel about k uh, K-pop? So yeah, K-pop is the first single off of uh, Utopia, and really the kind of the only. <laughs> really commercials track i don't know like in a lot of ways uh which is maybe why i I do like the song it has a lightness to it it's like a kind of afro beats rhythm and it has a bad bunny you know another fave of mine and he's everywhere but i don't think he's worked with travis before um so so it feels kind of new in that way he sounds great Abel the weekend is also on this, and he has a pretty hilarious verse that is kind of. like t- I also just can't help it. Think of Abel in the idol now. Like when he <laughs> when he's on anything, it does sync up with his idol character. This verse does, where he's talking about a Korean woman who's calling him Poppy. Like, <laughs> like okay. You could tell me
3: He does feel like the idol character now. Yeah. <laughs> he's
0: he's Tedros Tedros. Yeah, you know, yeah. On record, no matter what. So
1: I do like I do like uh, K-pop actually. Yeah, more than most of the other wow. songs that, here. That that's that's a hot
0: take right <laughs> there.
3: <laughs>
0: but most people were like, "I'm so glad this album doesn't sound like K-pop because that was the
3: single that came out." You you were burying like the lead there. I was not <laughs> expecting you to go with I like K-pop.
1: I like K-pop. Yeah, like if I heard that out, I'd be like, "All right, sure." You know, be, <laughs> mostly because of Bad Bunny, like anything he's on is almost automatic pass for me. Like he he can make pretty much anything palatable, and I, the beat's pretty good. Like Travis is, you know, barely there. <laughs> like so he doesn't he doesn't ruin it, <laughs> which is maybe the best thing you could say. So yeah, it's it's pacing so, so far to be
0: the most popular song on the album. Due in no small part to it being called K pop <laughs> and featuring two of the largest artists in the entire world, right? Yeah, now, so. The
1: crassness is just so <laughs> obvious, I, I can't even be mad. Well, guys, thanks so much. Uh,
0: love talking with you about Utopia, Ryan, Alphonse. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Yep, thank you, yeah, of course.
0: The Pitchfork Review is a production of Condé Nast. Catherine Fenelosa at Rococo Punch is our senior producer. James Trout at Rococo Punch is our technical director. Ryan Dombel is our showrunner. Jessica Grumulia is our music supervisor. I'm Jeremy Larson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And while we take a break, you can go back and check out all the episodes you may have missed. See you soon.